0: Welcome everyone to RB1 Colon Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake News Podcast channel. I am your humble host and paralegal at the law offices of Smith and Hunter, Peter Rogers. And I am joined this week by all of the guys. We have the NFL's top free agent fan and resident old man, Clark Barnes. Starter of the hashtag, please stay, Reggae jean Page movement and working girl, Jordan Smith. And finally, admirer of the Mac Jones workout plan, the ginger woodsman, Nick Butterford. Guys, how are we doing this week?
2: doing great pete good pete doing
0: great how are you pete i am doing well uh i want to point out that nick is currently sporting uh the gator wrestling company that he has founded and uh and partakes in i can't read what it says but is it actually a gators wrestling shirt uh, hat
1: yeah it says it's his daddy wrestles gators <laughs>
0: Well, and the podcast world wants to know, Nick, does daddy (laughs) wrestle Gators?
1: I got it for a reason.
0: And that is all Nick is willing to share with people. That is intrigue. And that is excitement. Maybe through the next like 10 shows, Nick will slowly let us into why he purchased that hat. And that way you, dear listeners, have to subscribe and pay attention to us during the doldrums of uh, the NFL offseason. This is—it's called The perfect hook. We've got you now. Not, if you're here for just fantasy content, well, good for you. But if you're here for just like, yeah, you're like tuned in because you're like, well, whatever. Maybe I have some free time now. You're hooked. Now you're like, god damn it, I need to know why Nick has a hat about Daddy's wrestling gators.
2: I've got some hot gator takes if you want to cross over. So. Oh, yeah. let's talk think, gators. Yeah, or I think croco- crocodile guy. Well, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll tease it maybe next week.
0: Okay maybe next week we'll talk gator talk i just they are the ultimate like we can't you can't argue with the fact that they haven't evolved for millions of years and so they're the ultimate killing machine like they're the perfect existing being on planet earth
2: i would say man has a leg up on them
0: i but man is running itself to extinction crocodiles alligators haven't done that shit they survived a goddamn comet I can't tell if Nick is just perpetually laughing at me or if he's definitely frozen. He was definitely frozen. He was frozen with a laugh on his face though, which is how ultimately we all want to go. We want to die with a smile and a laugh uh, on our face, frozen forever. All right. We got fancy content to talk about. Since we blew the Ar- this year's RB1 budget on this uh, goddamn wheel, I figured we needed to use it. So we're going to play a little fantasy wheel of fortune uh, with the top rookie pass catchers in this year's draft. But before we do that, we have uh, some news a lot in the news this uh this week uh we just have the one fantasy pertaining one football player pertaining uh alex smith retired for the washington football team uh this is coming off of a year in which he won comeback player of the year after basically his leg was or more or less needed to be amputated uh he shattered it it was infected he came back from it he played football it was incredible um but he is hanging up the cleats rightfully so i would say in my opinion um and this more or less you know like we all assumed that in washington ryan fitzpatrick is going to have the reins heading into 2021 um and this all but solidifies it unless washington gets hyper aggressive and goes after one of these quarterbacks but uh but yeah uh tip of the cap to alex smith for not only coming back and actually playing football but you know a good career after what many saw as as kind of a bust uh for san Francisco famously being selected ahead of Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, he put it together. He had a couple of good years there and, and with the Chiefs and then uh, and then shattered his leg into an oblivion. So best of luck to you, Alex Smith, in retirement.
3: I'll or, say some words about Alex Smith. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no one has this scathing Alex Smith takes.
3: Uh, no, not really. I mean, all respect to Alex Smith. And I, I think he kind of had a bit of an underrated career Uh, the only thing that kind of knocks him I think is just that he did go number one overall Um, if you flip like Aaron Rodgers and Alex Smith in that draft I think we're looking at Alex Smith's Smith's career as a little bit more of a success if you went all the way back there and he had a few good years with Andy Reid so uh, it's nice to see him come back and now retire even though we were all very terrified to see him play last year it's absolutely terrified it's good for him but nothing but respect
0: yeah all right and then finally in the news uh the Bengals got new uniforms which as someone who uh who likes designing jerseys in his spare time i like them they are a much cleaner look uh to what they initially had which was the black and the orange and the yellow or the white, excuse me, yellow, where the hell did that come from? And the white all combined on one Jersey. It was just way too much with the sleeves, uh, but this is a much cleaner aesthetic look. I'm a fan. Uh, it certainly makes the Bengals a much more enjoyable uh, team to, to watch and root for because their jerseys are halfway decent, right? Nick halfway decent jerseys is always, always a win.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I think I missed the fact that this was a Jersey reveal. I was just looking at the photos of, Joe Burrow and his sliced up knee that were yeah. released and I just was looking at his sliced up knee and not the jersey so I just had to go double check yeah I just it is, thought this uh, was
0: like an ACL recovery photo shoot he was like this is a little weird that they have this throne for Joe Burrow's knee but I'm here for it
1: yeah no it seemed like it was just, just like a like a PR thing for Burrow because yeah you, like you said they put him in a throne I it's actually kind of weird that if you're trying to do the Jersey like reveal, make it with like a blank background. I'm thinking that they just think he's like the King of the jungle or whatever, but turns out they want to show his white Jersey, which I guess we'll now be able to tell everybody's heart and grit by how much, uh, how many grass stains they get on them. Um, So good luck keeping those things clean. You morons. Good thing. The NFL is brought to you by tide
0: detergent to get those grass stains right out of those clean white jerseys.
1: Eat a pod today.
0: Eat a pod today. (laughs) And that's how we get sponsored, baby.
3: I'm not sure if this is a particularly hot take as far as jerseys go, but I'm always in the camp of just simplify things. Um, have like your two main colors, have one of them be white or black and just not like their jerseys were doing way too much the last time. So I right. always think of, I think of uh, that line in the social network where he's like "Drop the, the Facebook, it's just cleaner. Like just simplify it a little bit for us guys
1: yeah i largely don't give a shit about uh jerseys as, as you guys probably would have noticed or guessed but i have two opinions one the seahawks like vomit green like extreme green you love it i think it's unnecessary and then two um when blake bortles was a jaguar and he was playing that thursday night game and they put him in there like the mud brown jerseys you love it it was the most fortuitous Jersey pairing because that's he was suffering from some sort of stomach virus and he crapped his pants, but you couldn't tell because of the brown yeah, jerseys. Actually, anyway, he did. He, ab- he absolutely crapped his pants. Incredible. Doing, here, I was,
0: here I was thinking that there was nothing worthy to talk about in the news. And I learned right. from the news that Blake Bortles <laughs> shit himself and <laughs> the uh, Jaguars color rush jerseys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: No comments for me. Jerseys. Woo.
0: Clark is getting. Does this not not factor into your decision as to whom you want to be a fan of now that you're the NFL's most sought-after free
2: agent fan? I'm really just curious about the psychology of if when the Bengals PR department said, Joey, we've got a great idea. We're going to make you sit like you did that one time in that famous picture, and we're going to do it again. I wonder how that made him feel. Like, is he going to have to do this for his entire career? Does he feel like he's being pigeonholed into looking like a giant tool or is he embracing looking like a giant tool? I feel like he's embracing it. I'm just surprised he doesn't
0: have like a a massive cigar uh, sponsorship. Like I feel like that, him smoking that cigar after the championship and like walking down the aisle in slow-mo, that's such an iconic look now. If I were a cigar company, I would try to get
3: all over that and make Joe Burrow as my like face of the franchise. You wouldn't go with Mac Jones, who is like just more swaggy smoking a cigar. Well, we know
0: we know Nick would. Nick is all about Mac Jones's physical physique and, and prowess. And so uh did you Nick, did you see his, his 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 like hotel gym squats in the in the machine? No. Oh god my god. It. Incredible. Mac Jones is getting fit, baby. No longer will he be a little tubster. He is going to uh when when Kyle Shanahan gets his hands on him. He's going to suddenly get a six pack and he's going to look like Jimmy G.
1: Cam Newton's the big cigar guy. He, he loves cigars. And I, I remember mm. when he, uh, when he had to, whatever season that was like two years ago, when he had to like, just call it after like the second game. Cause I, cause his foot was messed up. The first interview he gave was in like a, like a dark room with like a top down light. And it was, he had that big brim yes. and he was, he was smoking a cigar. And I remember, uh, uh, David Chow, Dr. David Chow, he, he like quote tweeted it. It was like, tobacco is really bad for injury recovery. Like it, dry, it slows down the, the body's ability to recover. So I really hope that this is not like a, a regular occurrence for cam while he's trying to get over his foot, which I didn't know that. Uh, but yeah, I always thought that was really funny. I just, I just, yeah,
0: I like that. I can get by that cam. Well done. Um, all right. Well, that's all we got for the news. And uh, let's move on. The NFL draft is just a little over a week away. And last week we talked all the quarterbacks tune into that Uh, this week. We're going to talk top pass catchers. Here's how this game goes. We're playing fantasy wheel of fortune Uh, for each of the top five pass catchers in this year's draft. I will spin the wheel with teams that they could possibly be drafted by the wheel being much like the Oracle on this show and never being wrong will tell us where this player will be drafted will then, based on that, give where we think said rookie will finish in 2021 fantasy football. Savvy, everyone? I'm getting thumbs up. It's time to play Fantasy Wheel of Fortune! And our first pass catcher up will be Jamar Chase. It's time for me, Pete Rogers, to spin that wheel! Jesus Christ, I already broke it. Got All right, but it landed on the, what is B? The Cincinnati Bengals is what the wheel has spoken. So at pick number five, Cincinnati Bengals will reunite Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase. Um, And if that happens, I think this is what, this is my favorite landing spot for Jamar Chase in terms of fantasy. I think Jamar Chase has like low end wide receiver one. potential with, with the Bengals. He's obviously played with Joe Burrow. There's less to get acclimated with. They know how he other other are working. And, and I couldn't find exactly who's the name is, but I know when Joe Burrow was drafted by the Bengals, that the Bengals like Zach Taylor made a big effort to kind of help bring over some of the LSU offensive scheme into, into the Bengals offense to kind of help make it an easy, smooth transition for Joe Burrow. I could be making that up, but I thought I remembered seeing that somewhere. Um, and if that is true, then Jamar Chase is also going to have a, a leg up stepping into this offensive one that he's already kind of played into AJ green and Giovanni Bernard are both gone, which frees up 160 targets plus from last year. Uh, last year, Alan Robinson was the wide receiver, 12 in half point PPR with 102 catches, 1250 yards and six touchdowns. I think that those numbers are pretty reasonable for Jamar Chase coming in uh, in this offense, this offense that has T. Higgins and has uh, Tyler Boyd. But like I said, 160 targets opened up for Chase to walk in, be that number one guy, already have that connection with uh, with Joe Burrow. Jordan, tell me, am I crazy for thinking that uh, that Jamar Chase has wide receiver? Like I would, co- I would confidently think that he could finish, you know, a wide receiver 10 to 12 in 2021 fantasy if he landed with the Bengals
3: um yeah i'm just gonna go ahead and say off the top here that i think it'll be absolutely insane if any of the rookie wide receivers finish in the top 20 for fantasy um despite three of them finishing there last year uh in ppr just one of them did according to fantasy pros oh in Fantasy
0: pros half point ppr you had chase claypool and cd lamb and uh Justin Jefferson, I'll finish top 24. I thought.
3: Well, I'm um, yeah, I said top 20. Oh. Uh, in oh, top in 20. full in full PPR, you had CD and Claypool at 22 and 23, respectively, and then you just had the ultimate outlier and Justin <laughs> Jefferson finishing sixth. Um, I will say with the Jamar Chase stuff, I just think that I'm flipping on my take that I had previously on whether they should take Chase or Sewell. I think they should take Sewell. Um yeah, I do think that too. and I think there's a lot of like already a lot of weapons there for Joe Burrow to throw the ball to. And I think that their resources could be better utilized elsewhere. Um and the fact that he's he's still he has that connection with Joe Burrow, sure, but he's still a rookie. And I don't know if anybody is gonna match or get close to what Jeff Justin Jefferson did last year because that was historic.
1: So I was looking up, um, Pete, when you made the comment about uh, what what's the name, uh, Laser, or whoever it is, that, that's uh, Zach Taylor. Is it Bill Laser? Um, I don't remember if he's OC okay or not. Bang. But, you- but, yeah, so Taylor bringing in LSU concepts. Obviously, he brought in their tight end uh, from when Burrow was, was at LSU. Uh, this offseason, they brought in Thaddeus Moss, the son yep. of Brandy Moss. Um, yep. I, I have to just, like, pause the show, though, and freak out about the fact LSU had a player named Leonard Fournette We are full of letters away from Leonard. It's L-A-N-A-R-D. I don't know if he's related to Lenny, but my mind was blown momentarily there, and I wanted to share. Um, If Jamar Chase goes to Cincinnati, yeah, he takes over as the ex-receiver. Tyler Boyd has had a few years to make some noise with, you know, the decline of A.J. Green and, like, try to beat out a rookie for top dog status against T. Higgins last year, and he kind of just hasn't been able to do it. I think he's a very good slot receiver, but he's yeah, he has not put up gaudy enough stats that I think that he would, uh, like, threaten uh, Jamar Chase all that much. I obviously was not a huge fan of T. Higgins. I think that it's basically – I think Higgins can be a, like, capable – NFL receiver. But I think that what chase would bring to the table, as opposed to Higgins, I, I think that he would handily beat Higgins out as the number one receiver option in Cincinnati. I don't think that um, we can bill him for like top 12, but a, a set it and forget it type of wide receiver too. Yeah, I think so.
0: Excellent. Um, Yeah. I'm now, now that Jordan brings up that PPR stat, are you considering some of my other ideas? But that's okay. We'll ignore that for now. Um, all right, well, let's move on then to Kyle Pitts. The tight end everyone's super excited about. Excited about so much, So Nick has already just decided that he is a Kyle Pitts stand, regardless of where he goes. But now, Nick, it's time to spin that wheel and find out where he'll get drafted. And I fixed the wheel, so now it works. Kyle Pitts is going to the Caroline... Oh. I had C. Oh, Dallas Cowboys for Kyle Pitts. Nick, if you went to Dallas, where would you have Kyle Pitts finishing amongst tight ends in 2021?
1: So I was looking this up earlier. I mean, I might not have it quite in front of me here, but I was looking at uh, the the Dallas. Help me out, guys. The the fill-in Dallas uh, uh tight end. Like Darwin? Um, no, no, the fill-in. Don't speak ill. Oh, Schultz. Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz, thank I you. Guess. Yeah, okay, yeah, here it is. So he he was averaging a little over seven uh, fantasy points per game last year, and he's not good at all. And so I think if you get a really, really talented pass-catching tight end in Dallas, um, I think that he would be a top-five option. It's not my favorite place for him to land, but um, I found this this really interesting from Dave Kluge of... uh, Where is he from? Fantasy Intervention. Um, The gap between tight end three and four last year was 3.2 points per game. That's the same gap between tight end four and tight end 20 to Clark's point, uh, difference making tight ends in fantasy really do count for a lot on a roster. And I think that he would, he, uh, Kyle Pitts would fill in very nicely as like an absolute, every down player in the Dallas Cowboys offense, they're going to score a ton of points. He might not put up as many yards in this kind of a, 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 a system as, as some of the other options where he might go but I think touchdowns. Yeah. He, he's going to score a lot, a lot of points. Um, and I think an interesting thing to consider is Amari Cooper is easily cut by the Cowboys after the 2021 season. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I haven't really given Pitts enough credit as for what, like what kind of a prospect he is. He's not just a pass catching tight end. He's a very capable blocker too. And athletically, I mean, he is remarkable. He's, he's faster, both uh 40 yard and the 10 yard split of the 40 yard dash than Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski between the shuttle drills. I think the only one of those two who beat him uh, in any of them was Gronk by 0.03 seconds in the three cone. Um, to kind of further this point, Kyle Pitts, his 40 was 4.44 seconds and he ran a 1.55 10 yard split Calvin Johnson, who was, uh, just six pounds lighter and one inch uh, taller. Although we beat him by 0.06 seconds in the 40, he was only 0.01 seconds ahead in the 10 yard split. Like what Kyle Pitts can do just physically is, is different, I think, than most tight ends we've really ever seen. Um, I'm not saying that I think Kyle Pitts can take over as Dallas's like ex receiver, but. If they're looking for money after this next year, I wouldn't be surprised if they're com- comfortable letting Amari Cooper walk and having Pitts kind of take over. I don't know, 30% of the X receiver snaps. Um, so anyway, I, I think he's. A, I think he will finish as a top five option if he ends up in Dallas this year.
2: I just can't help myself. I was going to wait until I went to reveal this, but something that we have to take with a grain of salt this year, are the height and weight measurements. Um, if we don't have a combine. That is the great equalizer and uh, short guys and slow guys get taller and faster when the schools they went to measure them. Having said that, I think the comp to Calvin Johnson for Pitts is more appropriate than any other tight end comp. Just the way that he is so athletic. It, this <sighs> The reason I hate hyperbole is that we use hyperbole every year to describe prospects. And when we get to a prospect that is truly deserving and of hyperbole, then it just sounds like, oh, we're just saying he could be the next Kelsey or the next Gronk." but Kyle Pitts could be the next Calvin Johnson. And he can also block a little bit. So if this isn't TJ Hawkinson. This is not anything that we've seen at the tight end position before since I guess Vernon Davis, who was just a different type of player, but was like an absolute freak. So Kyle Pitts going inside the top five, I feel like is a completely legit thing. If he went to Dallas, him finishing as a top five tight end, like, sure. There's like, like, like Nick said, like 30 people could finish as the tight end five and no one would be surprised.
1: To your point about the uh, the workout measurables, I did just want to say that the only data we have on uh, Gronk and Kelsey in, in the things that I listed were also pro days. So not all pro day time uh, stopwatches are created equal, but <laughs> thing to, to bring for into, the, into the... That's
2: good. I didn't know that. That's good. There you go. Yeah. And it's because no one knew Gronk and Kelsey were going to be very yeah. good. That's kind of yeah, what well, Gronk was coming off of a major back injury in Arizona.
3: For Pitts, I would say that Dallas might be a little bit of a tough spot for him just because there is a lot of mouths to feed. But at the same time, tight ends five through 10 are like virtually interchangeable. Like it doesn't really matter. Even like four through 10, like the top three are pretty solid. And then you have just a lot of anybody could take it over. And Pitts could be like a... He could be one of those cheat codes where you are just getting wide receiver production that you plug in at the tight end slot. And kind of like for a week or two there last season when you could play Taysom Hill as a tight end, but he was actually starting under center. So it's just, it could be one of those situations where he's putting up like 20 points, 22 points consistently as a guy who's getting peppered with 10 targets.
0: Yeah. Uh, Quickly to Nick's, Nick's point about, uh, or sorry, to Clark's point about hyperbole and, and comparisons. Yeah. Uh, fantasy or just a uh, NFL draft analysts like. And NFL readers let's make it okay to compare players to not the best at their position. <laughs> like I feel like there's often this pressure where it's like, if I compare uh, a rookie wide receiver to like, I saw who's at ah, shoot. I was listening to some podcast and someone compared, you know, one, uh, I'm going to forget it now, but they compared, I think it was Jamar chase that they compared to um, a more athletic uh, Michael Crabtree. And it's like, if that's a, if that's a, and I could be misremembering who the, who the rookie wide receiver was, but like in that instance, you would be like, Oh, that's a terrible comparison. Jamar chase is going to be a much better receiver than Michael Crabtree or whatever. But it's like, but if, they're, if their game aligns, then then they are, you know, if they look like they play the same, then that's a good comparison, as opposed to, like, when, when you... That way, when we compare Kyle Pitts to Calvin Johnson, it's not like, oh, well, we've seen this before. Or T.J. Hawkinson being like Gronk. And it's like, well, T.J. Hawkinson is not like Gronk. He's you know, a lesser toned down version. Anyways, it's just, uh, let's make it okay to compare players to, they don't, it doesn't need to be the, like the best at their position to to be a still a fair comparison.
2: Yeah. I love that take. And just as an aside, um, I don't consider myself at all a, a great analyst and certainly not a draft tout, but if I listen to someone who not even claims to do that, but you know, is in that space and that's the only comparisons they make, then, I just know that I don't need to pay much attention to them. One of my favorite draft guys is Matt Waldman. And you hear him throw out comparisons to like, he's kind of like a Brandon Lloyd. He's like, damn, what a good ref. And like, that's good. That's a good player. You know, like he had a long career. He had a couple good fantasy seasons. You know, everyone who's short and fast (laughs) is not Tyreek Hill. Yes, exactly.
0: There are many short, fast uh, wide receivers in the history of the NFL that you can compare to. Cause Tyreek kills also built at like, you know, two 30 or some shit like that, which is why when Lays he punches with real someone, violence. Yeah. He's, you know, he's got real physical hands when you assault someone. Uh, all right. We have three more wide receivers to talk about, but before we get into that, we are going to take a ad break. You ready? Showtime on May 3rd. Summer starts with the fall guy. He's doing later. Let's drink a spicy
3: margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes.
0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. What's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Because
1: nope. I
3: don't either. It's not what I'm into right now.
1: What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13.
2: This episode
0: is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. back and it's back time to spin that wheel for clocky bonds talking about jalen waddle where will jalen waddle go let's spin that wheel jalen waddle to d the miami dolphins clark where does jalen waddle finish in fantasy if he goes gets drafted by the dolphins with their second first round pick so i
2: was i was hoping it wouldn't be the dolphins because uh so waddle i think is a lot of folks are saying a lot of folks who i think are good draft analysts saying he's probably the most athletic wide receiver in this class and bad analysts are saying he's Tyree kill because every short fast person is Tyree kill. Uh, but you watch him play he's not just fast he is a good wide receiver and he is a little short. he's listed at 510 from Alabama's pro day on FF today Tyree kill is listed at 510 but at the combine he measured 58. so that's why I always have a little bit of saltiness when it comes to uh, measurements at the pro day. Waddle is actually good though. Uh, he is going to be, I think, completely dependent on scheme fit and going to Miami where they would have Will Fuller and Devontae Parker, two kind of gazelles on the outside, uh, may open things for Waddle to become a slot receiver, uh, but he's going to be competing with Gaseki there, who Tua already loves. So I hate this. I don't feel like Miami is an especially creative play-calling team, even though they are managed really well, and I like Miami this would be this would be bad even though fuller and parker may move on after this year uh, if waddle goes to miami uh, like jordan i don't think any of these guys are going to finish in the top 20 i'd put him as a occasional flex starter at best probably wide receiver 30 35
0: yeah when i was doing my kind of notes to get prepared too, the dolphins always are cropped up as a possibility and i totally agree with you clark they don't excite me not only because of the fact that Devonte Parker and Mike Kosicki are there but also I just like what Tua showed us didn't leave me feeling like okay yes he's going to you know he's going to lift these wide receivers around him to be like hit above their weight whereas I feel like Joe Burrow showed us that Joe Burrow took the receivers that that were in Cincinnati and really kind of you know made them slightly better in fantasy at the very least that didn't happen with Tua when he was starting. I mean, we saw it with Mariah Fitzpatrick, and that's why we're all excited about Washington's offense this uh, this year. So I, I I agree with you, Clark. Where it's like anyone, any receiver who gets drafted by the Dolphins doesn't necessarily fill me with that much excitement, uh, because I'm just I'm unsure as to what exactly Tua in this offense is going to be in terms of where they're going to pepper the ball in ter- on the field and just how aggressive they're going to be, you know, pushing it downfield.
1: So I was just, uh, I, I was scrambling to try to just look up here what the, so we know that Will Fuller is going to be out after this season. Preston Williams, he, he's recovering from the ACL tear. Devontae Parker, I mean, I can't imagine he's got too many years left. Big winner, contract. Devontae Parker. Which which <laughs> year? Friend, of show, Friend of the show. Friend of the show.
0: Long time, long time listener, a couple times guest.
1: Which year was that? every year. <laughs> That's right. Um okay, so yeah, so Parker Parker can be cut after this season with not not too much uh lost oh my goodness. Uh yeah, and and Preston Williams he can be cut. there there I've never even seen a cap uh, dead money hit like this $3,334. I've, He's I've never seen.
2: So he has basically no guarantees.
1: Yeah, I've I've just never seen a $3,000 dead money. Anyway, the point is um Waddle I think is probably a guy to still target in like dynasty if he if he lands in Miami this year, because I think that um twenty twenty two this roster can could look quite a bit different, especially if he's gonna operate like as their speed guy. We know Fuller's gone um after this season or, or I mean hey, maybe if he dominates they let Parker and, and uh and Williams go. But um I, I agree with your overall uh point here, Clark. I think it's probably unlikely that he makes a, uh, that that he is a reliable fantasy asset this season.
3: Yeah, I agree with that point there. That uh, Jalen Waddle is like a guy to grab and stash for dynasty purposes because of like the potential roster turnover that turnover that could happen for the Dolphins in the next season. Um, I will cape up for Tua a little bit because he does have a nice and beautiful deep ball. Um, we just didn't see it that much last year. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of like because of Henry Ruggs last year, I have a little bit of speedy Alabama receiver whiplash. And I'm just a little bit more skeptical on Waddle. And if he does go to Miami, uh, to all your guys' points, it's, he's like wide receiver three, four at best, option four or five if you throw kasiki in there. So that's a tough uh place to get some some looks as a rookie, I would say, unless you're like a guy who's primarily going to be a like an X or something like that as Z. Yeah.
2: Uh before we move on, Clark, I, who was yeah. Oh go ahead. I have a couple more things. This is completely for redraft. This is this is not for dynasty. For for Dynasty, I really like Waddle. Uh I think I think two is good, right? He had a he had a rough rookie season, but I, I think he's gonna be just fine. Uh, I lost the third. Oh yeah. And Tua is not going to have to do much. The Miami defense is very, very good. So while uh, Jamar Chase going to the Bengals, they're probably still going to be terrible and Joe Burrow is still going to have to be Superman. I just don't think Miami is going to have to do that. So good point by you.
0: Where's your favorite landing spot for Waddle of the teams that you had to prepare for that, the, the wheel could have chosen.
2: Uh, i was cheating they're my least favorite landing spot for everyone not named kyle Pitts. (laughs) it's fair we're going to stats and research here i don't know not miami god but like the the lions god it's gonna be i hope that the lions draft like a defensive tackle i want them to be mean to that offensive line
0: just yeah improve that offensive line don't take any skill position players please
2: Please,
1: for the if love Sewell of is there, there's no way that they pass. But I think. Oh yeah, is a, yeah. A if
0: the team. Bengals, if the Bengals go chase at five, the Lions are. Yeah.
1: So hey, of of the teams that, that Clark was prepping for, I think that the Titans and the Patriots would be stellar options for Waddle. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to Devonta Smith. Actually, one of my favorite wide receivers in this class. He might be my number one wide receiver in this class. I absolutely love him. Uh, and this means I get to spin the wheel. And it lands on C, which is the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, saucy. Uh, if Devonta Smith, Heisman winning wide receiver, Devonta Smith makes it all the way down to the Indianapolis Colts. I, I feel like I have to like temper all of my rankings because Jordan has really, really kind of said that I'm an idiot for ranking everyone so highly, but I,
3: I, <laughs> I'm going to no, fight that. Keep that sunny disposition. Don't let me, <laughs> you know, harsh your vibe. All right, thank you, Jordan.
0: Uh, with with Jordan's uh, acceptance and and uh, what am I looking for? Approval. There it is. I think I would say that Devonta Smith, mid wide receiver two in Indianapolis. Ty Hilton was the wide receiver forty last year, despite the fact that he was old and sucked. For most of the year um he had like that one hot stretch where he was good and then outside of that we were all just like should we be dropping t.y hilton well the he didn't play is... running
2: back and he played with philip rivers so
0: exactly that's what i'm saying the question is around carson wentz and uh and how he will be reunited with frank reich the colts last year 20th most pass attempts but what i love to see philip rivers in the red zone 7th most red zone attempts now uh I think they'll probably use Carson Wentz a little bit more as a runner, uh, in the red zone than they used old Philly ribs. But I like the fact that this Colts offense, when they get into the red zone, they throw the ball. He would be instantly the best pass catcher in India, in my opinion. Um, like last year, Amari Cooper was wide receiver, 16 and half point PPR, 94 catches, 1100 yards, five touchdowns. Do I think that that's wildly out of the realm of possibility for, uh, For Devonta Smith in Indianapolis, my sunny disposition tells me no.
2: I have a question. So am I being too cute when I, like the Colts defense is good and they're going to run the ball, which I think really puts a damper on like every indie pass catcher. And so for a rookie, especially, I feel like those are super lofty numbers. Even though all of your points are well-made, there's not a ton of competition. Pittman Jr. second round pick last year, I believe, definitely aging T.Y. Hilton, and they like to move him around the formation anyway. He'd probably get a lot of time in the X if he went to the Colts. I just don't know if they're going to have 4,500 passing yards, more probably closer to like 3,800 or 4,000.
0: Yeah. My son disposition has taken a minor hit. I, 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 I agree with that. I think, I do think though that I, I personally, like I said, Devonta Smith is one of my favorite wide receivers in this class. And I think that the Colts, I am choosing to believe that Carson Wentz reunited with Frank Reich in this offense is going to be not the, not the MVP Carson Wentz we've seen, but those flashes of a top half starting caliber quarterback who can throw the ball all over the field, especially deep and take advantage of a guy who can get open deep and Smith has that ability. Smith comes in. We've talked about this a lot on this show. Guys like Calvin Ridley, uh Jeff justin jefferson wide receivers who come into the nfl with like a very extensive route tree who can run really crisp routes make a pretty quick and fast uh impact and so i think that's something that smith could certainly do i yes 1400 or 1100 yards is probably a little lofty uh but i think you could see like 900 or eight to 900 with like seven to eight touchdowns
1: Okay. If, yeah. If Smith goes to, to Indianapolis. I, especially we, the thing we got to all adjust here for is 17 games.
2: Um, I think oh, he that's clears a thousand too. yards.
1: Yeah. I, I think he clears a thousand yards and I, I think that this receiving core is like set for the next at least four years, but I, I would bet, I mean, they're going to keep their merry-go-round of tight ends going. They're going to keep Naheem Hines incredibly involved in, well, we'll touch on this Clark. They'll keep Naeem Hines uh, incredibly involved in the the backfield passing game. But, like, Michael Pittman Jr. and Devontae Smith both, both taking uh, reps as the X receiver and with Smith just getting these, like, downfield bombs. I mean, you, you name some of the guys that are on this roster, but it, it's not impressive. I mean, Zach Pascal, like, he's good enough to be on an NFL player or on, a, on an NFL roster. T.Y. Hilton, like you said last year, old and sucked. Um, JJ Nelson, I'm not even going to read the rest of the names.
0: Um, Paris Campbell is just perpetually injured too, which sucks. Jack Doyle is offended
1: for several
2: reasons.
1: (laughs) So, so Paris Campbell, I mean, he's had like impact injuries. I'm not too worried. I don't think that this is stuff that's going to like continue to plague him, but he's going to just dice up defenses through the slot. And like, whatever he does, I think the only impact he really, he'll take some targets from the, the outside receivers but the only real thing he's going to do is just pull attention towards him while Devontae Smith is flying down, galloping down the field. Um, do anybody worried about his, like his BMI, his, his body mass? he's totally fine. He hits every threshold for yeah. what a healthy player in the NFL can be. I think Indy would be a sick place for Devontae Smith. I don't think it'll give him his potential ceiling for this year because it is a bit crowded, but like, as far as range of outcomes, I would feel great if he ends up in Indianapolis.
2: Yes, yeah, way to go, wheel. BMI, I feel like it's really hard to be short and be a good wide receiver. I think we look at the outliers and hope that everyone can do that. But I did a little research before the show. I know last Locked year uh, the only two wide receivers in the top twelve in standard scoring were Tyler Lockett at five ten and Tyree Kill at five eight. It took both of those guys a while to get there. It's Being short is really tough on wide receivers. Being a little thin, we saw A.J. Green do fine with that. We've seen other wide receivers do it. It's not optimal, but I'd rather take somebody that's tall and skinny instead of somebody that's short and squat.
3: I think Devontae Smith can have a good season in Indianapolis, just because the, the there are a lot of wide receivers there that I'm sure everybody has had on their fantasy team at some point. Whether that's Ty Hilton, Zach Pascal, Doyle, um, Paris Campbell before he gets hurt. Um,
0: I've literally had every single one of those people in one year on my team.
3: <laughs> at some point or another, we've all everyone been
0: everyone goes through the Colts passing attack.
3: Um. But I'm still a little bit worried about whether Carson Wentz will actually be able to perform. I I think he can chuck the ball over the field, so that might help his receivers. Um, I'm just a little hesitant on him. Even with the 17th game, I still don't think Devontae Smith gets 1,000 yards, but he could still have a really good fantasy season.
1: Anyone want Uh, to do a pinwheel bet on Paris Campbell playing 14 games and Devontae Smith going over 1,000 if he ends up in Indy? Pinwheel bet going one.
0: I mean, I, I agree
2: with you. I want him to go over a thousand You, I'll do it. Yeah.
1: I mean the parlay. Ah, you all
2: parlays. Take the house on the parlay. All right. So the so the full pinwheel awesome.
0: bet is if Devonta Smith gets drafted by the Colts, which is already a loss. <laughs> all right. If Smith two Colts and over a thousand and Paris Campbell plays only
1: what? <laughs>
2: 14 games. games Terrible play 14 bet words.
1: by Nick. <laughs> I can't
2: right, wait till Nick has to eat a cup of mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's going
0: to be glorious. It's going to be Could the I pinnacle eat, of like, this podcast.
1: In potato salad, or is it just like, nope, I got to go? No, I'm going to leave sh- it up to you. Okay.
0: <laughs> t- it's whatever the wheel decides.
1: I'll do Michael uh, Scott and put <laughs> olives in it.
0: Pretend it's ice cream. <laughs> Um, all right, let's spin the wheel for the last time. Rashad Bateman, Jordan. Come on down, baby. Woohoo! And I didn't see this. Everyone's looking at me. You know what that P stands for? It's the Green Bay Packers, Jordan. You lucky son of a bitch.
3: Well, would you look at that? This is actually the team that I had the highest um finish for him. Uh, just to peek behind the Onion Curtain, is that what we call it? Um, The other teams were Saints, Ravens, Jets, Colts, possible landing spots for Rashad Bateman, but the Packers were the highest. I have him finishing wide receiver 20. Um, So just sneaking. (laughs) Right at at the
0: edge of Jordan's sunny disposition.
3: Right on the threshold. uh, For a number of factors, I think that he obviously would have the best quarterback playing out of those five Um, He would have the best availability for targets. Uh, Sure, the Packers have some going to Lazard, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Robert Tanyan last year, while the majority go to Devontae Adams. But I I just think that Rashad Bateman would be able to fill a role that Lazard and MVS just can't. Um, I personally think Bateman is the most pro-ready wide receiver in this class right now. Um, just because he is a well polished route runner. Um, I think that if he was playing, you know, uh, at a different school with better QB play, like a different Big Ten school, even just going over to Ohio State and playing with Justin Fields, I think he would be much higher on the draft community's draft boards. Um, and he is pretty high in some cases, like it on Bleacher Reports uh, wide receiver rankings, they have him at third. Um, and with Aaron Rodgers, like they had the number one offense last year. And I, I think that if there is one spot that he that a rookie can crack the wide receiver 20 to meet any of these guys, I think it would be in Green Bay, where the offense is hopefully still humming next season.
2: Yeah, like Bigman, kind of good wide receiver size, six two two twenty. 220. I've seen two ten, I've seen even one ninety. He got COVID last year and had kind of a rough time keeping on the weight, I heard. But uh, Jordan, like you said, I've heard a lot of smart draftnicks talk about how he knows how to run all of the routes. He's just a very good wide receiver. Probably not the best 40 time, probably not the best vertical. But I think now is the season where we really underrate just being very good at your position yeah. versus not being the most athletic guy. And of course, being very good and playing opposite Devontae Adams, that could be that could be a very surprising fantasy season.
0: I mean, it feels like it could be it could walk into like a baby or even an exact replica of the Vikings with Justin Jefferson, where you do have like Adam Thielen is that clear-cut number one wide receiver who who defenses had to worry about where all the targets were going. Justin Jefferson steps in, plays excellently next to him, and now becomes the wide receiver one and and minnesota obviously if bateman went to green bay i don't think he would in one year replace Devonte adams as the wide receiver one but you would have a similar situation where Devonte adams clear number one wide receiver and rashad bateman would pair super very nicely to him is a guy who has good hands can run routes like isn't going to be one of these i know the patriots love to do this and it's i really just it hates i hate it but it's not one of these like hyper-athletic guys that you need to teach them to be a wide receiver. It's a wide receiver who maybe is not as fast, but can make all the catches can get open, can do what you need him uh, to do and do it. Well, anytime a wide receiver lands, like any, any rookie receiver who goes to uh green Bay, I'm going to be very excited about, but if Rashad Bateman does ultimately go to green Bay. Yeah. I, even I'm surprised Jordan was so you were so calm at wide receiver 20, man if if I was a Packers fan and any wide receiver fell to fell to the Packers, I would have that receiver as like a top, top 12 receiver. No problem, baby. So
1: yeah, in regards to Bateman um, and his his weight issues, I mean, he lost like 20 pounds to COVID is what I have heard. Um, all of his workout numbers seem like totally fine. They hit all, all, all good thresholds. I, I really don't have any um, concerns about his, his physical capabilities as far as like his move, like, a 6.953 cone, that's awesome. Uh 155, 10 yards split. Hey, that's Kyle Pitts'. Uh 44340, uh, 123 broad jump. Like th- these are all really, really good marks. Um, I do I, I think of anybody entering this class, at least that I'm aware of, I'm probably most concerned about lingering or long term effects from COVID. I mean, it sounds like this ravaged his body because my understanding is that he was playing closer to 210. Uh, in the, the season prior, and like, was just absolutely destroyed by this. Um, I definitely am somebody who is, you know, I've, I've got like, the longest list of medical things that of anybody I know. So I was a little bit more like, I do not want to get COVID than a lot of the people around me. But um, I mean, there are some long term effects that are that we are starting to see. And it's, it's not necessarily all like high rates of, of occurrence. But it's, I think, high enough that, I, he he scares me a little bit just in that regard. Um, I have no questions about his ability to play the position, though, and I think that he's very good. I think he's a very good player.
0: Would you compare him to, like, Calvin Johnson in terms of, like, wide receiver comps?
1: I mean, Calvin ran, Ridley, he just,
0: maybe. He ran just as fast as Kyle Pitts, and we were like, Kyle Pitts Calvin Johnson, so it seems like we have two Calvin Johnsons in this class? Wow. I what, was going to fight are, you on that. I don't think a I will now. wide receiver class what a rare wide receiver class you guys truly
2: amazing i since you brought up the wide receiver class uh this is not a good wide receiver class for fantasy i think it's jamar chase and that's it and jamar chase is gonna get way overdrafted so i'm probably just not gonna have any rookie wide receivers the running back class however though i think spicier than most people think
0: interesting hot take by clark burns i like it nick before we go one, do we get do we get another little teaser tidbit about why Daddy wrestles alligators?
1: Yeah, I'll just tell you the whole thing. I just really like gators, and I have always wanted to wrestle one, like, really, really bad. I've thought through how I would do it. If I had rope, if I didn't have rope, if it would start in the water or on land, gators are fucking awesome. I like watching gator-associated TV shows, and for my one or three-year anniversary with my uh, significant other, I sent her a link and was like, hey, I don't know if we're giving gifts, but wouldn't mind this hat to which she went, oh my God. And not in necessarily like a great way, but she she got it for me anyway. And that's love. That's,
0: that's love right there. Uh, Words to the wise, don't entrust Nick with any state secrets because it took all of 50 <laughs> okay. minutes for me to break him down. All right. I'll just tell you the whole story.
1: <laughs> I would whistleblow on a state secret the moment <laughs> that I got it just out of principle.
0: Oh, man. Well, now you have no reason to subscribe, but please do it anyways. Please please, still subscribe to the podcast. Well, Clark
1: had some secret gator stuff. Oh, that's
0: true. Clark was going to educate us about gators, but in later episodes.
1: I I may
2: go into how you would wrestle a gator on next week's pod.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. That's All right. Well, then you have to subscribe to the Fate News podcast wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and fantasy basketball shows. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. You can follow myself at Peter M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. And Nicholas at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you next week. Until then. Peace.
1: For next week's show, are we trying to do a predictive mock? or our or, or favorite because last year I thought it was predictive. I spent 13 hours preparing and when we introed and it was whatever we want I was upset to say the least so I just thought <laughs> communication so that I don't spend two days preparing for a predictive mock
0: Oh my god I love it